a mis Midwestern chick. I live with my three kids and cat in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, birthplace of Georgia O'Keeffe. It's true. She was born here. I think she got the hell out, but you know. <laughs> I am a middle school reading specialist. And my favorite part of the job is matching students with books. My middle son hasn't been reading during the pandemic. He's too busy being feral in the basement. But my friend Kristen sent Gus the book Ready Player Two, and he has been reading. Kristen knew Gus read the book Ready Player One 16 times and capitalized on that by buying him the sequel the day it came out. Awesome. Love it. Hi, I'm Leia, the chick that lives in the capital city of China with her husband slash boyfriend and two teenagers. I teach grade five at an awesome international school here in, here in Beijing and up until this year have loved the adventure of traveling even further afield than that. My goal used to be to travel to as many countries as my age, which would mean I should be at 55, but I'm somewhere in the 30s instead. Never mind. My goal for the time being is to travel through books. Ooh. We're the Two Chit Chat Chicks. Like always, we'll be sharing chit chat tips and tricks poop spray, and ways to read more. We will gather around the campfire to chat about burning topics. Non-fiction books that have made a difference in our lives. And, of course, we'll have our Chit Chat Challenge of the Week. In our Chit Chat Tips and Tricks segment, we share things that make our lives just a little bit happier or better. What treasure do you have for us this week, Edie? Well, I have tips. Many, many, many tips, Leia. Okay. <laughs> As a reading specialist and avid reader, people are often asking me how they can read more. They're like, Edie, how can I read more? So here is what I suggest. Here's some tips. You need to make a plan and stick to it. You know, mm -hmm. so either set a daily page number that you want to read or a chapter goal, or I suppose you could just say, I'm going to read 30 minutes before bed, uh -huh. um, but you have to set a goal, make a plan. My plan for a second quarter is I am reading a book a week. I like and that. Yes. And they're, they're young adult books, so they're. A quick read, but still, you know, I'm reading quite a bit. So that is how I'm making my plan. Okay. Also, you need a stack of books that you are excited to read. Yes. So the next thing on my stack is Dolly Parton's new book, Sto oh. our Song Teller. I'm so glad you told me that because I was thinking about getting that for you at Christmas, Edie. Oh, I already snapped it up at Costco. It's a beautiful <laughs> coffee table book oh. where it has her lyrics and then the story that goes with mm -hmm. the lyrics. I so, know. It looked really good. I thought that was that was going to be it. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that would have been good. I could have two copies. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you have okay. to have a stack of books that you're excited to read. You're, yes. You can't be like meh about it. Mm-hmm. The next thing is a little controversial. Abandon books you aren't enjoying. I so agree with that. My mother does not agree with that. She thinks you should suffer through the book. But no, you just abandon it. No. There's so many books out there you don't need to suffer. So, 100%. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. You also need to remember that audio books count. Let me say that again. Audio books count. I listen to books when I'm walking, when I'm folding laundry, or when I'm working in my studio. Plus, the added perk is you can get celebs like Tom Hanks or Bill Bryson to read to you. Yes. Oh, so good. Uh, My final tip is you can listen to podcasts that recommend books, and then you write down the titles that sound interesting. And Leah, you must yeah. write down the title. <laughs> yes, you because must. Because if you don't, you won't remember <laughs> it. Remember, if you think it, ink it. So, Right. Think it, ink it. And so you are going to need to write down some titles today for sure. So get your pencils ready. Yes, get your paper and pencil ready. Yep. You betcha. Oh, these are some of the best tips ever, Edie. Thank you for this inspiration. You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) My tip is much less highbrow. (laughs) Oh, no. Remember last week when I threatened to introduce you to the she-we, a female urinal? But, Edie, you begged me not to. Yes, and I'm still begging you not to. Well, I won't, though my cousin Pearl did let us know on the Chit Chat Coop on Facebook that she did have one during her trucking days. I saw that. <laughs> Pearl Pearl is a woman of mystery. My goodness. Oh, she's, Pearl has done many, many things. She's a fascinating cousin. So anyway, all this pee talk got me thinking about all the other things going on in the toilet. So today... <laughs> I want to introduce you to the pre-poop toilet spray. Have you heard of this, Edie? Do you mean poopery, Layup? Poopery is sold in bulk at Costco this time of year. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) Yes, that's what I mean. Now, there are a lot of brands out there, but the one thing they all have in common is that they are discreet. I Yes. I keep one in my desk at school and one in my purse. So basically, you spritz a spray or two into the toilet bowl before you empty your bowels. Leah, we're going to lose listeners over this tip. (laughs) (laughs) Saying the word bowels. No one wants to hear that. (laughs) I know, it's gross. But... This makes it so much less gross for the next visitor to the loo. Somehow, it manages to mask the odor. So when you leave the office toilet and the next person walks in, they need never know what you were doing there. Mm. They are left only with a pleasant aroma resembling perfume rather than poop. I personally think they would make great stocking stuffers. Hmm. 
Well, maybe I will pick up a pack next time I go to Costco. <laughs> yes. Yes, you should, Edie. <laughs> Do I hear a campfire? Do I hear a campfire tune? <laughs> Fire's burning. Fire's burning. Draw nearer. Draw nearer. In the glowing. In the glowing. Come sing and be merry. It's time for Campfire Chat. Way back in episode 10, we did an episode on young adult or YA fiction. Being a reading specialist in a middle school, this is my kind of jam. And we talked about some awesome present day young adult fiction and also books that had really impacted us when we were younger. Yeah, today we're gonna do the same kind of thing. We'll talk about nonfiction that really made a difference to our lives when we were a younger version of ourselves, young adults, books that impacted us when we were a bit older and had started our families and secured our careers, and nonfiction that we're really enjoying now. Well, let's clarify here. Are we talking about self-help books or just nonfiction in general? I feel like things could just go in a lot of crazy directions. <laughs> Yes. I don't know. What do you think? The first things that come to mind for me are self-help books. But if I dig a bit deeper, I know I can come up with a lot of other books. Though I do tend towards fiction with a bit of self-help mixed in with my reading. And of course, my magazines. Yes, the mags. <laughs> well, I vote for nonfiction minus self-help or cookbooks because I feel like those could be their own episode. We could do a mini-series on self-help books. I think we could, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's not talk about self-help or cookbooks, but any other kind of nonfiction goes. Well, we've got a behemoth of an episode coming your way today. <laughs> behemoth. Recommendations, readings, and fun. Okay, chicks and roosters, pause the podcast and go get a mug of something cozy and warm. You'll probably want to snuggle in with a cozy blanket. So let's get talking about reading. Yes. Okay, Edie, hopefully everybody's back and ready to go. <laughs> Do you want to start us off with a nonfiction book that really rocked your world when you were in your 20s? Well, I will have to go with the book Wild Mind <gasps> by Natalie Goldberg. Natalie Goldberg, yes. So it's a book about creating a daily writing practice and embracing your wild mind along the way. Mm. And actually, it was recommended to me by my grandma Sarah, who really? had been reading it. I think her son, my Uncle Dan, had recommended it to her, and she was a successful visual artist. Mm -hmm. And she decided, <laughs> after reading this book, to start dabbling in writing. And ah. she wrote this amazing story about how she was cooking oatmeal and how the oatmeal took over the town of Peshtigo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, my dad thought that she should stick to her painting, but I kind of thought that story was awesome. Uh -huh. So the book Wild Mind motivated me to move to Seattle, of all mm. things. I don't know how it did that. 
But Natalie suggests setting a timer for 10 minutes or whatever. And then you think of a topic and then you just write for 10 minutes. And then when the timer goes off, you stop. But your hand has to keep moving the entire time and you cannot stop writing. And if you can't think of what to write, you have to write, I am thinking of what to write. I remember this, and I have actually used this practice for many years. I love it. You get a lot done. And um, the book is a lot more than just writing practice. I am Mm -hmm. going to read this very helpful chapter. I have my water log book here on loan. Whoops. (laughs) Do you see it on the Zoom layout? It's coming apart. It's so old. (laughs) Um, On loneliness, chapter 34. Can I read it, Leah? Yes, yes, please. I'm going to start kind of in the middle. When I finished writing, writing down the bones in Santa Fe in 1984, I went to visit Roshi in Minneapolis. I showed him the book and I said, Roshi, I need a teacher again. The people in Santa Fe are crazy. They drift from one (laughs) thing to another. He shook his head. Don't be so greedy. Writing is taking you very deep. Continue to write. But Roshi, I said to him, it is so lonely. He lifted his eyebrows. Is there anything wrong with loneliness? He asked. No, I guess not, I said. Then we talked of other things, and suddenly I interrupted him. But Roshi, you have sentenced me to such loneliness. Writing is very lonely. I stressed again. Anything you do deeply is very lonely. There are many Zen students here, but the ones that are going deep are very lonely. Are you lonely? I asked him. Of course, he answered, but I do not let it toss me away. It is just loneliness. So there you have it. There are days I think, how did I get into this writing? But here I am, and the truth is I wanted it. So isn't that a good thing to remember, Leah? It's just loneliness. It doesn't have to toss you about, you know, during the pandemic. It's okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Wow. You know, Edie, that book also had a really profound impact on my life. It got me writing in a way I'd never written before. I actually keep it on a shelf at work, and I regularly share bits with mm-hmm. students during my writer's cafe after school activity that I offer. I love that you're still using and sharing it, Leah. I know. Well, about the same time in my life that I was introduced to Wild Mind and writing down the bones, I also decided to read In Cold Blood. It was a really lonely time in my life. I was in my early 20s, and my husband at the time was doing a residency at a hospital in Penticton, B.C., and staying in this little trailer behind the hospital. And I spent about three weeks there in the middle of the winter, feeling really isolated and confused about where I was heading in my life. And I don't know, I I think it was over the university Christmas break. 
Anyway, I found this copy of In True Blood in the hospital's doctor lounge and I began reading it. And it was one of my first experiences with the true crime genre and one of the last. But even so, it really, really impacted me. Yes, this is the book by Truman Capote. And as I understand it, it was the first true crime book written. He started the genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, right? Apparently he wrote it as a literary experiment. He wanted to write a non-fiction novel. So he felt that he was one of the rare creative people who actually took journalism seriously. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a little bit self-absorbed. But anyway, so th- there was a savage murder of the Clutter family and then the subsequent trial in 1959 in small town Kansas. And it had garnered these big headlines already. So a lot of readers probably knew the details of the novel before they even began reading it. Yeah, I remember reading um, this book in my early 20s as well. I was living in this tiny northern town of Marinette, Wisconsin, feeling lonely and isolated, Leah. Yeah. (laughs) A theme for the 20s. I was so freaked out by the book, like really freaked out because the writing was so vivid. I and know. after finishing reading it, I read everything Truman Capote wrote, which didn't take long because he stopped writing after he wrote um, this book. Yeah, I think he did, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every Christmas, I reread Breakfast at Tiffany's, which mm-hmm. doesn't really make any sense since it isn't a cozy read. But it mm-hmm. is a short read, and Truman Capote did write the short story a Christmas Memory. It, it is an autobiographical story about how Truman made fruitcakes with a distant cousin that his parents unloaded him on. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to read that. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I also haven't seen that movie based on his life, which might be something to see with my boyfriend slash husband over our holiday break. Yeah, Truman Capote, he was a complicated chap, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think to combat his loneliness and sense of displacement, he developed this really flamboyant personality that played a significant role in establishing his celebrity status as he grew older. Yeah, his writing and his life certainly did impact a lot of people. That was an interesting choice from you, Leia, and I feel like I kind of (laughs) talked more about it than you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it just brings up a lot, right? So, yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what about when you got a bit older, Edie? What other books did you find that really impacted you as you you grew out of your 20s? Well, few nonfiction books have given me more enjoyment than the books written by Bill Bryson. Ah, yeah. It was his book, A Walk in the Woods, that turned me on to the memoir genre. And I remember seeing him read from it um, at a bookstore in Shorewood, Wisconsin. Oh, yes. In A Walk in the Woods, Bill decides to walk the Appalachian Trail with his friend Katz. Katz. (laughs) Katz. They are both (laughs) middle-aged smokers, and they have no clue about hiking. 
<laughs> so funny. Interestingly, I just read this book a few months ago when we were sheltering in the Sierra Nevadas. I was inspired to get up every day and go for these long walks in the mountains because mm. of it. It also brought me a lot of joy during some pretty bleak days of the pandemic. He has just such a funny way of writing. And um, mm -hmm. I'd like to read a short passage from the book. And it is when Bill and Katz are tucked into their tents. And as often happens with um, camping, they hear a loud noise, or at least Bill does. And he's freaked out and he thinks it's a bear. So hmm. let okay. me just treat you to a little snippet. Yes, please. I sat bolt upright. Instantly, every neuron in my brain was awake and dashing around frantically like ants when you disturb their nest. I reached instinctively for my knife, then realized that I had left it in my pack just outside the tent. Nocturnal defense had ceased to be a concern after many successive nights of tranquil woodland repose. There was another noise quite near. Stephen, you awake? I whispered. Yep, he replied in a weary but normal voice. What was that? How the hell should I know? It sounded big. Everything sounds big in the woods. This was true. Once a skunk had come plodding through our camp and it had sounded like a stegosaurus. <laughs> there was another heavy rustle and then the sound of lapping at the spring. It was having a drink, whatever it was. I shuffled on my knees to the foot of the tent, cautiously unzipped the mesh and peered out, but it was pitch black. As quietly as I could, I brought in my backpack and with the light of a small flashlight searched through it for my knife. When I found it and opened the <laughs> when I found it and opened the blade, I was appalled at how wimpy it looked. It was a perfect, respectable appliance for, say, buttering pancakes, but patently inadequate for defending oneself against 400 pounds of ravenous fur. <laughs> Can't you see him with his knife? Yeah. Carefully, very carefully, I climbed from the tent and put on the flashlight, which cast a distressingly feeble beam. Something about 15 or 20 feet away looked up at me couldn't see anything at all of its shape or size, only two shining eyes. It was silent, whatever it was, and it stared back at me. Stephen, I whispered at his tent, did you pack a knife? No. Have you got anything sharp at all? He thought for a moment. Nail clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I made a despairing face. Anything a little more vicious than that, because you see there is definitely something out here. It's probably just a skunk. Then it's a big, a big skunk. Its eyes are three feet off the ground. <laughs> a deer then. I nervously threw a stick at the animal and it didn't move, whatever it was. A deer would have bolted. The thing just blinked once and kept staring. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Evie? You're going to have to read it yourself again, Leah, to find out. Well, I did they, read it, and I can't remember. I hate myself for that. I hate it when no, I can't remember don't these hate things. yourself. The truth is they never figure out what it is. Okay, okay. Good. Not surprisingly. 
So anyway, I think this is a perfect time to revisit, or if you're lucky enough to discover Bill Bryson. Yeah, you're right. I especially recommend the books One Summer, America 1927, and The Life and Times of the Thunderbolt Kid. And I recently bought his latest book on Audible. It's called The Body, and it's narrated by Bill himself. My dad has already read the book twice, which is crazy because it's a big, fat book. And I'm looking forward to listening to it while I'm working in my studio. So good. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I love the idea of listening to audiobooks while doing creative work or walking or whatever. And interestingly, I rarely do it. Can you believe Mm. that? I mean, I'm an avid podcast listener, but somehow I don't listen to audiobooks. I think it's time to get started. It sure is, Leah. I'm just finding this hard to believe. I know, me too. I'm disgusted with myself. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) What's the matter with me? Oh, And I want to hear celebrities read books, too. Time to get on it. Yeah, Tom Hanks reads The Dutch House, and it's so good. Okay, love it. Yes. Well, me too. Anyway, what I want to talk about are two different genres here that have really made a difference in my life, uh, especially as I grew a little older. The first is the Lonely Planet Travel Guides. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh, right? Well, I met my sweetie Dawn on the plane to Taiwan more than 25 years ago, and one of our biggest commonalities is our sense of adventure. We've traveled True. and, right? Yeah. So we've mm-hmm. traveled and lived all around the world together ever since. And the Lonely Planet guides more or less kept us on budget and helped us find cool backpacker places all over the world. So back before the internet was in control of your destiny, you'd just show up in a town somewhere in the backwoods, consult your Lonely Planet guide and find your youth hostel or bungalow on the beach based on these books. These days, travel is a lot less spontaneous, don't you think? I think that's true, though, to be honest, I haven't done much traveling in the last 18 years. But, you know, I used to, and I, our copy of Lonely Planet Korea was well thumbed through, as was um, our copy of Thailand, Lonely, yes. Lonely Planet. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, ours too. Well, another book that really blew my mind a little bit later than than your Lonely Planet Korea book was Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. So many insights about so many things. Do you know about the 10,000 hours theory, Edie? How it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert on anything, along with committed parents and money, etc. Yes, that. That theory? (laughs) That theory, yes, yes, that. Um, Yeah, he talks about the Beatles and, you know, all their their opportunities to practice and whatnot and how that, in fact, helped them to become a phenomena along with the fortuitous timing. That was another big part Mm. of it, too. So anyway, um, that was all Gladwell's research. But he also studied the National Hockey League, the NHL. He's Canadian, you know. And he noticed this statistical anomaly about the number of players who were born in January and February. 
And he, hmm. tra- yeah. So he traced this back to the fact that in Canada, youth hockey leagues most often use January 1st as the birthday cutoff date. What? So, yeah. So that meant that kids who were born in January and February were always the oldest kids in their age group. And that consequently meant that they were more mature and physically developed. But there was another advantage. Their size led to more playing time and more coaching attention. And that in turn led to more success on the ice. Hmm. Yeah. So this phenomenon is called the relative age effect. Canadians know about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and guess what? It also happens in school. So a lot of studies have been done and that suggests that children whose birthdays were earlier in the year than their classmates were more likely to attend college. Hmm. Yeah. So Don and I were both reading this book when Charlotte was about four years old, and it honestly helped us to decide to put her and then later Emily into school a year later than some of their peers. As oh. teachers, I, I mean, they weren't like, re- like way, way older. They weren't. <laughs> Right? But it's not like well, they were eight years old starting kindergarten. <laughs> this is just funny because I shoved Leonard. He made the cutoff by four days like I should have held him back. But I pushed him in. It's just like, I'm done with you. Go to school. So. Whoops. <laughs> oh. Whoops. Oh, you know, it's whatever, right? But Right. But we, as teachers, we, we, you know, we'd seen this before, and this book mm-hmm. kind of drove it home for us. And so we decided to keep Charlotte at home with us a year longer. And so I guess you could say that this book really made a very practical difference to us. Charlotte could be graduating this year and out of the house. Instead, we have to wait oh. another whole year. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> She'd be getting ready to fly the coop in just a few months. I know. But over to you. What about these days? What's really wetting your whistle in these times in the nonfiction world? Well, I'm just going to give a list of my recent fave nonfiction books since we are running out of time. Are we? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess. Talk forever. I am recommending Prairie Fires. The American Dreams of Laura Ingalls Wilder by Carolyn Frazier. Mm. Have you read this, Leah? No. Oh. I thought you were going to write a book like this. It's, this should be your book. Well, actually not because it's so well-researched. <laughs> it has a lot of details. I would never have the... Uh, it doesn't need to be written because it's already written. So huh. anyway... I, I'm thinking more that I'm going to write like fan fiction where I'll write, mm-hmm. rewrite the story from Carrie's point of view. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another book that um, my dad recommended to me that is a shocking page turner is Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in Silicon Valley Startup by John Carreyou. So oh, good. I, Have you I read heard this? I've about this one. I've heard, I, I read about it the other day, actually, and I was... Well, was, download uh, it and listen to it. It's just fascinating. Okay, maybe it should be my one of my first downloads. <laughs> yes, and then while you're at it, also download The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind by William Campwamba. So okay. this is all about, um, well, actually just 
What I do before I um, read this book with my students is we watch the TED Talk by William. So I would highly recommend everyone do that and then read The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. It's an excellent, excellent read. Yeah, I love it. I'm well familiar with that one. So good. Okay, well, I cannot help myself. Just a bit more, Edie, please. (laughs) Well, we might need to let our listeners refill their their coffee mugs, their cozy (laughs) mugs. Okay, well, go do it then, listeners. Uh, So in the past several years, I have become a reader of essays, Anne Lamott being one of my favorite essayists. I read Anne for her whimsical insights, her humor, and how she reframes her belief in God in a way that also makes sense to me. Here's an excerpt from my favorite book of hers called Traveling Mercies. My Catholic friend and I used to spend hours sitting on the couch with the latest Sears catalog spread across our knees, pretending that we got whatever was on our side of the page. I always did this with my cousin Jolene, too. (laughs) I played this game with anxiety and grief, always thinking that the better dresses and shoes were on my friends' pages and that I would have been okay if they had just been on mine and if I'd had her tall, stylish mother with the wonderful cleavage showing like the bottom of a baby in her low necklines. (laughs) I I knew I was not pretty because people were always making jokes about my looks. Once, at a pizza joint, a stranger had included me in a collective reference to the Catholic children, and you would have thought from the parents' outrage that he had included a chimpanzee. And I knew I was not okay, because I got teased a lot by strangers or by big boys for having hair that was fuzzy and white. Also, I got migraines. I got my first one midway through kindergarten and had to go lie down with my face on the cool linoleum in the back of the room until my father could come get me. Mm. Yes, I love essay writers like Anne Lamott. So inspirational. Oh, she really is. I just love the way she writes. Just draws me in every time. Oh, and what about David Sedaris, Leia? Mm. <laughs> I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention him. Yeah, I, I think so. I know most of you have at least dabbled in David Sedaris, but if you <laughs> haven't read all of his books, download or buy one today. I bet he's reading it on Audible. You can hear him read it. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a surefire antidote to any incoming depression you might be feeling. Yes. We do need to mention David Sedaris. And one of the things you must read or listen to is his Santa Land Diaries. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. David Sedaris gets fired as a department store elf, and it's one of the funniest things you will ever read or listen to. And I did listen to this one, actually. Oh, it is. We will post a link on the coop. Okay, yes, yes, let's post it on the coop. David Sedaris, all the way. He's brilliant at self-deprecation, and that is something I've actually learned to use to good effect in my own life. You've got to make fun of yourself before people do it for you. That's actually one of my uh, mottos for life. 
Ooh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be taking that one on, but maybe. <laughs> you and David Sedaris seem to have a lot in common, Leo. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling the plug on this right now. <laughs> it's time for the Chit Chat Challenge. Yes, it this- is. This week, your challenge is to tell us some of your favorite nonfiction books from the past or present. Leah, I'm going to be inking a lot of suggestions from the coop. Yes, we are always on the hunt for a new book to sink our teeth into. And tell us the story behind the book and how it impacted your life. We love your stories. Yes, we do. Uh, Keep them coming. We have so many great stories on the coop these days. So that's it for episode 21 of the Two Chit Chat Chicks. Check out the show notes for all of our book recommendations and more. Bye-bye. Clack, clack.